One of the most important things you can do as a marketer for your company, for your service business, whatever you're trying to do to stand out in the marketplace, nothing is more important than defining what we call your USP, your unique selling proposition. You've probably heard of this and wondered, what the heck does that mean? What is mine? Do I have one of those? How would I even begin to go about creating one of these? So today's uh, special episode of of the how-to here on The Truth About Marketing, because I'm bringing on a freelance copywriter and a very a valuable member of the Copy Chief community. My buddy Ross O'Loughlin is on with us today. How's it going, Ross? Uh, everything is fantastic, Kev. I'm a huge fan of the podcast, so getting to, to feature on it is, uh, is a huge honor. Yeah, it's my honor. And, and as you guys can hear, Ross is Canadian. <laughs> and uh, Irish Canadian. Yeah. And uh, this is, Ross has a great ability. You may have read some of Ross's articles on the uh, Copy Chief blog in the past. And one of the things I love that Ross does so well is he teaches us important marketing lessons through really cool topics and, and gives great examples. Ross had a really popular piece about Conor McGregor and how he has used uh, marketing skills that we can all use to become one of the hottest fighters in UFC, which is the ultimate fighting championship. And uh, because Ross and I are both fans of the UFC, uh, we're going to continue on that theme a little bit today to teach you about USPs. So don't get confused. We're, we're teaching USP through the UFC. <laughs> and uh, just to give you uh, an escape route, if, if this ever becomes uh, overwhelming to you, we, we have all this for you in a, in a brand new article that Ross has written over at the Copy Chief blog, copychief.com. You'll see the blog tab right there and you'll see Ross's article. But we're going to give you an overview of it today and teach you exactly what a USP is and how to create one for your business. So again, Ross, thanks for coming on to do this. And let's just start right at the top. What is a USP? Yeah, sure. It's a, USP is a, is a marketing concept um, that's strange to a lot of people. But what it is, is, it is a, it's the compelling reason why someone should choose your product or service mm. or company over another. The, the functional definition, which is uh, I, I've I've kind of acquired from one of my marketing heroes, Flip McLaughlin from uh, Mech Labs, is that it's the answer to what he calls the uh, the value proposition question, which mm. is, if I am your ideal customer, why should I choose you rather than any of your competitors? Great, yeah, that's a really clean definition. I love that, and so this is important for the obvious reasons that you know people say, well, you know, like if you're a pizza shop. You, you can't just be another place to get a pizza, right? I had tacos for lunch today, and I was sitting there thinking, for me, there's the place where I go for tacos, where I've been going for about a month now, and then there's mm. everybody else. It's not like, where do I want to get a taco today? It's like, mm -hmm. oh, man, I can't wait to get to California tacos. <laughs> and there's, I was sitting there, and I'm thinking about why are the reasons for that, right? And, and so... You, there's a few, but number one is they're the best tacos to me, the best tasting tacos. Mm -hmm. But then there could be, you know, we 
they could say we use the freshest ingredients or we got the coolest, you know, uh, music or, you know, it's the vibe or whatever it is. So there's all these choices and this is where people get lost. So in this, um, what we're going to talk about today is breaking down uh, the elements of a USP and, uh, and how, you know, how to define uh, all sectors of your USP. And Ross, talk about um, your relationship with the UFC and why we're going to use that organization to teach this today. Yeah, 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 sure. It's a topic that I, I love to talk about. So as an Irishman, you know, I could go for hours about this. So step in <laughs> if, you, if you have to. Um, but I got into the, the UFC just over a year ago. You know, like a lot of things these days, I was just scrolling through Facebook. And uh, one of my friends had posted up one of these videos, um, which I'd seen before. Like I was familiar with the UFC, mm-hmm. but I, I had never really been a part of the world. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember how he intro the, the video, but it was like, can't wait for this fight. Conor McGregor is, is going to kill him. And I was like, what's this? And I clicked on the, the video and it was this really compelling story where they have, were building up this fight um, between Conor McGregor and an opponent of his, Dustin Poirier, back at the time. And I was just completely compelled. I was sucked into this world mm. and I was like, what's going on here? Who is this guy? Mm. Um, when is this fight going down? And I didn't, didn't realize it at the time, but there was a really, really compelling USP to, to watch that fight. Mm. And I did. And since then, I have just gone headfirst into the UFC's world. Yeah. And uh, while I've been in there, you know, like uh, any nerd marketer, I've just been paying very close attention to how they market. And it's, uh, it's, it's really, really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what I love here is that you, so you come in blind to what this is right so Mm. let's just look at that chain of events real quickly because there's great lessons in there someone you trust posts something that and insists that you should care about it essentially right yeah you so go whoa well wait a second i'm left out here and Mm. by the way for uh millennials uh everybody's always trying to figure out how to influence millennials that is the number one factor is it being talked about and and is this something i'm supposed to know about Mm. So, Ross, you're not a millennial, I don't think. Are you technically? Little, maybe just a little bit older, but it's, yeah. the, same, it's the same principle. Right. Like I, I had heard a lot of uh, rumblings and whispers of this, this Irish UFC fighter, and yeah. I had heard his name, but had never really paid attention. But, you know, if you go to Ireland at the moment, like Conor McGregor, he's, he's bigger than the president. You right, know what I mean? Right. He's, he's like the number one celebrity. And it's because he's so very compelling and he, he represents Ireland on an international stage right. by being very, very authentic. You know, you yeah. talk a lot about authentic voice and Conor McGregor sure has an authentic voice, that's for sure. Right. And again, like Ross wrote a whole breakdown of, of the things Conor does to make himself so compelling, what makes him different from other fighters and, and definitely worth a read there. Mm-hmm. But um, I love just the, the simple idea that the reason you clicked was essentially the message you got was, you need to know about this. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you're, you're left out, right? So yeah. you click on it. And, and, and here's the thing about a USP. Because the uh, Ultimate Fighting Championship run by Dana White, which this is, if anybody doesn't know what that is, it's, it's basically a cage fighting. Uh, mm-hmm. It's what Ronda, Ronda Rousey does. It's MMA, mixed martial arts. So it's, it's boxing and it's, it's kickboxing and it's wrestling and jujitsu. It's, it's everything 
all the martial arts and it's got its own set of rules and it's very exciting. And I, like you, uh, Ross, sort of sat on the outside of this too. And, and I don't know, the first couple fights I watched, I was like, uh, because I didn't, I wasn't sucked in by any particular fighter, I just mm. thought, this seems like a lot of hugging to me. <laughs> There's a lot of lot of hugging and sweating and bleeding, and I, I'm not sure I get it, you know? Yeah. And I got really sucked in for two reasons. One is because I go to an MMA gym, and my trainer is a jiu-jitsu trainer, and mm-hmm. so he trains uh, MMA fighters. And then it was you. It was your article on McGregor that really drew me into McGregor. It's the first time I'd watched video of him, and I was, I was the same. I was like, Wow. Like this guy is is something special. He's yeah. you know a one in a million character, and how do you not? You're gonna love or hate him, but it's impossible to ignore this guy. Exactly. So that's when we're thinking about a USP. Like, what is it about your product, your offer, your company that it, look it may not be quite as exciting and hypeable as uh, as as a title bout or something? But there are things in your company that that you need to realize, recognize, and draw out that are going to make your your product and your company just as compelling. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing that the, the UFC does exceptionally, exceptionally well. And, you know, they, they give you a very, very good reason what, why you would want to watch their sport over another. Yeah. And it's because it's, it's so very different. And I was exactly the same way as you, you know, when I was first watching it, didn't really get it. Uh, and it did take... A, a a person a fighter that I could get behind to start paying a little bit more yeah. uh, closer attention to it and as soon as I did I was I was completely sucked in and to the degree that it's we could say it's literally changed your life because you now are practicing jujitsu yes and that's that's a life changing event I would say yeah no it it absolutely is I didn't really understand the martial arts world and for any martial artists out there I still don't I'm I'm very much a brand spanking new white belt mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it's uh it's a really really interesting um sport just because it it's it's very cerebral you know there's a lot of thinking everyone like looks at you know mixed martial arts or or you know some combat sports and they think Oh, that's just two brutes going at it. But yeah. you know, when you look at jujitsu, it's 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 quite uh, it's quite different. It has it has its own USP as <laughs> in terms of martial arts, right. and that does it, it is very very a, a thinking man sport. Yeah, yeah, right. And you start to appreciate just the the tiniest moves and the littlest things people are doing, and how many years of discipline it, it takes to be able to execute a move like that. And, the, and just like boxing, they call it the sweet science because mm. you know there's so much going on behind every punch, every bit of strategy. And so that's the more you know about it, the more compelling it is. So, okay, Ross, back to the marketing lesson here. Talk to us about the three types of, of USP so we can sort of better understand how we use this to position ourselves and our, our products. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, you know, people out there sometimes think that, you know, I have a USP and I think that's that's kind of missing the point. Mm-hmm. You know, your your company just doesn't have just one or three. It can have, you know, many USPs and, you know, at a very high level, you know, everything you need to everything you do needs to have a USP. But just to simplify it, you know, the three USPs that you should focus on first are we'll say your company USP, uh, your personal USP, and then your product USP. So if you were to to take the value proposition question, which is, you know, if I am your ideal customer, why should I choose you rather than any of your competitors? And you frame that in terms of those USPs, it would be, you know, if I'm your ideal customer, why should I choose your company? 
mm. over any others. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am your ideal customer, wh- why should I choose, for example, to learn about marketing and copywriting from Kevin Rogers rather than anyone else out there? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on a product level, if I am your ideal customer, why should I choose you know, product X over product Y? So those are three questions that are, you know, need to be answered. And you know, if you were to frame those in terms of the UFC, and we, let's assume that their ideal customer is like a fight fan, just a generic fight fan. Yeah. You know, applying that question to their world, it would be, you know, if I am a fight fan, why should I watch the UFC rather than any fighting organization out there like HBO Boxing or WWE Wrestling? Mm-hmm. And then on a personal level, if we were to apply it to their fighters, you would say, if I am a fight fan, why should I watch Conor McGregor rather than any other fighter in the UFC? And then on the product level, let's say their product is the actual fight. You know, if I'm a fight fan, why should I watch, let's say, this upcoming fight with Ronda Rousey versus Holly Holm mm-hmm. rather than any f- other fight out there? And yeah. like those are like legitimate questions like, that the yeah. UFC's audience are need answering, whether they're directly stating them or not. Mm. You know, they'll see the marketing material and they'll say, hmm, so what? And if you don't have a compelling answer to those questions, then that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to say, so what? And they're just going to move over and onto the next thing that comes into their world. Yeah, that's that's a great breakdown. And, and, and this is a great example because it, it's so so cleanly defined. And if you spend a little time looking at the UFC and how they market all three of these things, their, their brand, their fighters, and their fights, you can clearly see the thought that went into these USPs. These, these are not hidden tactics. <laughs> you can, uh, <laughs> they, they may not be labeled, look now for the USP, but you'll see them very clearly when you understand exactly what one is and its purpose. Uh, so this is great, Ross. And again, the article is on the blog at copychief.com, how to sell like the UFC for you to go back and review because we're, we're covering a lot of stuff here. And so let's let's carry on. So let's, you're talking about unique, and to me, this is sort of the intimidating aspect of the, this USP unique selling proposition. You go, uh, unique, I don't know, um, I'm just another tire shop, you know, <laughs> I don't know why, why it's so different. That's not, exa- it's not like you have to be the, the only person to ever sell a tire. Uh, so what exactly is unique you know, how are we thinking about unique in, in this terminology, Ross? Yeah, that's, uh, that's like you said, it's one of the most intimidating parts when you, you, you start looking at this topic of USPs. And, you know, unique is, uh, it's, it's a funny word. You know, what does it really mean? Like a lot of people think I have to come up with something completely original or completely, you know, unseen by anyone else out there. And mm-hmm. that's, that's not really the case. Like if you look at the, the UFC and how they would construct usps for their fights oftentimes it's the same fighters but they're just building up the scenarios in new ways they're combining the elements of their marketing in new appealing ways and like you you talk about this a lot as well kev you know what really makes someone unique and you know one quality that makes everyone unique is is their voice Mm -hmm. and like when it comes to marketing and copywriting you know i think you were talking with colin from cult of copy on on the podcast a, a while back about 
you know, there's no such thing as new marketing information. Right. You know, it, there's just new ways of presenting it. Right, uh, right. And that's one factor that you can, can make what you do unique, which is like how you present things. And I know that's a, a topic near and dear to your heart, which is. is, you know, follow your own voice. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. We certainly live in a world where this is a challenge and a lot of people get too hung up and they, they hold themselves back by saying, oh, you, I've, it's all been said. And, and, you know, how am I ever going to say this better than uh, some of the legends? You know, like if Gary Bensavenga ever mentioned this copywriting tactic it's foolish of me to ever teach it again (laughs) Uh, but it's it's not it's because there are people out there in the world who will hear the information the first time from you will resonate with it best the way you teach it more than they might have anybody you respect more uh, than than other people so everybody just needs to accept that there is something you, there's a, if you're just another tire shop, there's a story behind how you got into tires mm-hmm. and why you, you, I remember there was a great one when I was growing up and, and the guy had a, it was one of these almost like a crazy Eddie type of character, you know, he'd come on and he was <laughs> old, like a uh, surly guy and he would just yell into the camera. But his big slogan was, he'd say, tires ain't pretty. <laughs> and, and he was selling on price right so it was yeah. a gr- it was a great slogan it was like nobody nobody cares how your tires look they're just they need to be affordable and not pop on you right you know yeah, yeah. and so that was his usp and that was brilliant so there's always something there if you're just real about why you got into the business and why someone should choose you if someone's yeah. looking for you know c- tires for their lamborghini they're not going to go to this guy but most people just don't want to feel robbed when they buy tires next time, right? Exactly. So, exactly. so that's what we talk about unique, yeah. It's about giving a compelling reason that they, they don't see anywhere else, right? Like it, it yeah. doesn't have to be completely unique. Like you'll see this a lot in, in a lot of local markets, right? Like I'm sure, you know, you could have, you know, price, for example. And that, that's a, it's a one valid way you can, you can make your offer unique, but I'm sure somewhere else in, in the country, someone's got a better price, but that's not available to people locally. Right. And in a lot of situations, you know, to be honest, people don't have USPs. There's nothing, mm-hmm. you know, unique about them, or at least they haven't discovered what it is yet. Right. Um, but in those situations, that's, that's not a bad thing. It's actually an opportunity because you can identify what is compelling for your market and then you know make that your USP. It'll it requires obviously a bit of work for your for your company, but you know if you can find something that's that's compelling and, and make that your USP, then yeah. you're going to be miles ahead of the competition. And you know w- one way to get to the heart of this for for you as a as a uh, company owner is talk to your customers. You know mm-hmm. uh, if you're out there hearing and listening to why your customers are telling you they bought from you then that's really important. That's valuable, right? Like, and sometimes it may be different than what you even intended because you could start a brand new business and think, okay, let's just say off top of my head, you, you open um, a bar restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, uh, our USP is that where uh, we have the, the, the best outdoor patio in, in all of our town. Mm. And you go, okay, well, that should be enough. People love to sit on outdoor patios. But... Mm. People come and they go, man, your, this salad dressing is like, it keeps me up at night. You know, <laughs> like I can't, I don't know what you're putting in the salad dressing, but I can't wait to, to come back and have, 
here three times a week just for this damn salad dressing. And you yeah. go, wow, it's not the porch. It's the, <laughs> it's the salad dressing. And, you know, that's a better USP because you can do more with it. Like if you're mm. going to have like one of the Food Network stars come visit your restaurant, it's not going to be to show off your, your porch. It's going to be to talk about this salad dressing that people come from miles around for, right? So mm. um, that's just a you know off the cuff example of paying attention to what people love about your business and your products. So mm. it's always essential to be having what I call the dialogue with your prospects and your buyers to really listen to what what they care about. Sometimes it's not what you thought it would be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so let's talk about now. Bring this all home using the the Ronda Rousey fight. And depending on when you encounter this episode of the podcast here, this may be may have happened years ago <laughs> or it may be coming up in a week or so. I'm, I'm conscious of that. But it'll be just as relevant because I think the marketing for this fight will always be accessible so you can go and have this study. And again, we've got links and we're showing uh, different aspects of it right in the article that Ross wrote on Copy Chief dot com forward slash how to sell like the UFC. So let's talk about Ronda Rousey. Obviously, she, I mean she is the highest paid or at least the highest earning fighter in the UFC. Uh, she, her story is, you know, it's her and McGregor. They're the ones really bringing this brand fresh energy and expanding it out to non fight fans and mm-hmm. drawing a lot of people in. Uh, Ronda's story is just incredible. Uh, she's she's very real. She's also you know um, in, an actress, and she appears in movies. She's she's a really hip cultural icon right now, and she's also a total badass. And she yeah. she backs it all. It's just so she just so happens to be beautiful, but she is a fighter first, and she uh, really wrecks her opponents very quickly in seconds. Uh, she's known for fighting, for ending fights in, in mere seconds. And so this, talk about this upcoming fight against Holly Holm, Ross, and the challenge that the UFC has to, to com- create an extra compelling uh, USP for this fight since Ronda is, you know, every time she fights, she brings probably who knows how many thousands of new uh, viewers and, and tons of new awareness to the sport. And so uh, they have a big job in front of them to make every fight seem like the biggest one ever. Yeah. So the fight that we're talking about, just to to date ourselves here, mm-hmm. if people are listening to this from the future, is the fight where she's fighting uh, Holly Holm. Yeah, uh, it's happening. They, they, yeah, they, one nine three. They they, they count. They, there's a number on every fight, every UFC fight, which is another smart thing they do. But this is yeah, one nine three. Yeah, and uh, it's happening. I think November uh, twenty fifteen. It's it's actually going to be the biggest the biggest fight ever for the UFC, which is one USP they're putting on it. I think it's it's uh it's going to have the largest crowd ever attending one of their events live in in the uh, the stadium. I think it's happening. Uh, I can't remember where. I think it's Australia. Yeah. Um, but the challenge that they have with Ronda is like like you said, she finishes her fights fast. Like her last five fights, I think they've lasted three minutes combined. And you know, <laughs> for her. For people who don't know how long a UFC fight is, you know, normally they're scheduled to, for three to five and um, five minute rounds. So that's 15 to 25 minutes. So she has finished her last five fights in less time than, than one round. She has just like obliterated the competition. And that, that, you know, you can say, 
why would I tune into this fight? It's mm-hmm. only going to last 30 seconds. Am I going to spend 60 bucks on the pay-per-view ticket and sit there just for her to finish it in 30 seconds? So it, it makes it difficult. I should, say, I should say you need a very compelling reason yeah. to, to tune in. You need a USP for that fight. And I think they've done a phenomenal job with the one uh, that they're putting together for, for Rousey versus uh, Holly Holm. And what they've done is they've, they've positioned the two fighters in, in a specific way, like Ronda Rousey, for people who don't know, she's like a, an Olympian bronze medalist in judo. Uh, that was like her first martial art. And she's gone on to just dominate the UFC. She's beat every single person that's been put in front of her. There, there has never been another champion in her weight division. It's pretty much been her since uh, females have started fighting mm-hmm. in, in the UFC. But Holly Holm is, is, a, is a real threat because she's another like, world-class champion. Uh, she was a boxer and a kickboxer, but she defended her boxing championship, I think, like an unprecedented amount of times, like 18, 19 times, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. so, so one of them is a very, very, like we would say, the, the, the best female grappler in the world, and the other is the best female striker. Mm. Um, and that's like a USP in itself. Like where else are you going to see these two ladies fight? Yeah. It's going to be this situation. Yeah. It, just a side note, if somebody's sitting there going, Wow, women fighting, that just sounds barbaric, right? Dana White, who started the UFC, uh, or at least bought it, I don't remember if he started from the ground up, but, but he, he is the you know, driving force behind it. Once agreed with you, he told Ronda Rousey, no one wants to see two women punch each other. And he just thought that that was not something anybody was interested in. And she kept on him and said, you're wrong. Uh, it's a sport and people want to see this. And sure enough, she was right to the tune of how many millions of, of, of um, new fans and many, many millions of dollars later. And just to add to the context of what we mean when we say biggest fight, crowd is one thing, but it's, it's, these are pay-per-view events. So it's a $60 fee to watch this fight in HD. And I think for the, I want to say for Ronda's last fight and McGregor, I think they went over like 50 million. Uh, I think it was, it's about a one, 1.5 million pay-per-views yeah. that they would sell. So that's, yeah, that's the tune of like 50, 60, 50, 60 million. million dollars in, in sales just from people wanting access to the fight. Incredible. Yeah. So, sorry, Ross, go ahead. And then, so, yeah, we have these two women now. Very, just interesting how fast it's gone from this, like, taboo thing mm. uh, to this totally accepted sport. No one's questioning these women <laughs> pounding each other, bloody noses and faces and broken arms, right? It's just, it's, they, it's, it still looks beautiful because it's a sport and you, mm-hmm. you are admiring the effort and, and the discipline it went into getting that good at it. Yeah, and like you're you're dead right. Like part of the reason you know the the sport has grown so much is because the UFC has done a phenomenal job with their marketing. Like mm-hmm. the like mixed martial arts as a sport didn't exist until I think it was the '90s when the first UFC started. But to go back to the the Rousey and home point, like mm-hmm. it is it is true. Like there 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 is this social perception that you know women shouldn't fight. You know women they're just that's not their, that's not their role and. There's a big movement happening at the moment where that's that's being questioned and that, you know, this is a natural extension of that. And, you know, Ronda Rousey's a huge figurehead for it because she went out and she proved Dana White and the world wrong, saying that, you know, people do want to see this. And she's a she's a massive star uh, because of it. Um, but, but, but both Rousey and Holly Holm 
went through you know a large amount of adversity mm. because they chose this path mm. and they they did it when it wasn't cool they did it when no one was watching and they they had to fight their way through it and they've had to fight their way to the top and the way the UFC is is um, positioning the story of this is that it's these two massive champions that are coming together mm. for this this one fight and it's it's just an extra reason right like you're never going to see this fight again yeah and it's just like the culmination of this movement it's it's amazing and there's a an outstanding video mm. um that i've included in as part of the article you can see it but if you haven't seen it it just it, it sums all that up without saying a word it's just like pure emotion it's it's phenomenal yeah, yeah. just titles and video and i get chills just talking about it i mean i'm a, my daughter's nine years old and she is Partly due to Ronda Rousey's popularity, uh, and partly because of her big brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my kids are both in in MMA now, uh, training, mm. and it's been amazing uh, for to see their transformation in their in their personal confidence. Uh, they they enjoy it like they would enjoy any other sport, and it's you know. So when I watch this video of Rhonda and Holly being portrayed as kids and showing sort of the highlights of their life and the adversity they they went through being outcast being outsiders being misunderstood by by cute boys and uh, uh, their peers and their parents in some cases it's uh really compelling I definitely want to watch this video. And like Ross says, not a word of dialogue, no narration, nothing needs to be explained beyond what you're seeing on the screen. And man, if you can watch this video and not want to see this fight, <laughs> you're uh, you're a better person than me because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can't wait for this fight. And, you know, fights just have such an in- inherent interest because like any sport, it's going down in real time. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing that sport has, right? You, and you look at how any um, game or you know football game, soccer game, any any event, any clash of two opposing forces is exciting because uh, you know the preparation, you know the backstory, you know the the, the bizarre coincidences and, and and twists of fate that have led to this moment. And now it's going down. It's go time. And that's why people sit up on the edge of their seat and it's like, well, we're, we're literally experiencing history right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why the Super Bowl is uh, worldwide entertainment for a sport that isn't, right, uh, loved everywhere. But everybody watches the, the Super Bowl every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's drama and story, but you don't know how it's going to end, right? You get to live yeah. and breathe it as it's unfolding. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Awesome. So anything else uh, to add on the Rousey home positioning there, Ross? I, I know I kind of interrupted. No, I, I think I think if, if people go and, and watch that video, they'll, they'll understand the power of a good USP. That's for sure. <laughs> that's right. Because if you look at two of the categories are, are, are on you know full display, right? We got this fight and these two fighters. You're mm. seeing the, the USPs of both those things. Uh, and of course, it's it is put on by the UFC. So that's, that's inherent as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, Ross, we like to give people specific instruction on these how to episodes, but, um, you know, there's quite a few steps that you've lovingly laid out in this article. So we're not going to cover them all, but give us sort of an overview of what it takes. You know, where'd we start our think, where would we start our thinking 
to go and create a, a solid, compelling USP. And then I'll just note that, again, come to the article here at copychief.com forward slash how to sell like the UFC. And um, you'll see Ross's steps laid out in more detail for you there. Yeah, so when it comes to building a USP or crafting one or, or discovering one, like there's two essential components to it, right? There's uh, appeal and exclusivity. You know, if something's not appealing, no one's going to be interested in it. But if it's not exclusive, they can just get it from somewhere else. So you need to have both of those elements. You can make something exclusive like Kevin tomorrow could say, you know, all members that sign up for Copy Chief will get, you know, a leopard skin hat. But <laughs> is that going to be appealing to them? Probably, probably not. Right. So it's, it's about finding the overlap between appeal and exclusivity that gives you the only factor to your, to your business. And, you know, as Kev said, there's quite a number of steps, but at a very high level, you know, the first thing you want to do is discover the USP that you have at the moment, whether it's actually very powerful and has both of those elements is, is not really the point. You just need to uncover what it is that your USP is. And then from there, you just strengthen it. You know, you may find that you have the world's best USP, but you just haven't, you know, communicated it properly. Or you may find that you haven't got a very compelling one. But there are certain levers that you can pull that, that will make it more appealing to your audience and to your, to your market. And you can, you can do that. You can maybe change your offer, change the way you're messaging, change who you're messaging to. The steps, as I said, are outlined in the article. But you know, once you've discovered it and strengthened your USP, the next question then, or the next step is to, to test it. And that's, that's, the, uh, that's where the, the secret sauce is, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's going to your market and checking is this compelling for them? And you'll find out very quickly what's working, what's not. But, you know, if you're to give the, the high-level action steps, those would be the, the three that I would look at doing. Yeah, excellent. Thank you so much for this, Ross. It's been a really fun conversation. I, I hope very useful for all the listeners. You can uh, meet Ross and learn more about Ross at his own website, conversionengineering.co. Uh, Ross has an engineer's uh, engineering degree, an engineering background, he applies that kind of thinking to uh, helping you get higher sales. Again, a brilliant freelance copywriter, uh, super valuable person in my life, very active member of the Copy Chief community. And of course, you can find uh, Ross links to our article and um, uh, links to Ross's stuff here at copychief.com at the blog. So thanks a lot, Ross. This was a blast. Appreciate all you do. And we'll do it again. Yeah, thanks a million, Kev. It was a total blast, as you said, and uh, an absolute honor. So cheers. Okay, buddy. Talk soon, man. Bye.